0: You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at MegiddoRadio.com. That's MegiddoRadio.com.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Wednesday, the 20th of July, 2022. Thank you all for tuning in on today's program. It's unusual to have so many programs this week, but there might even be a third. But We'll see how that goes. We're going to be responding to a very sad video. uh, Deconversion. I don't know if you've ever heard the term. And it seems like this is the kind of stuff that, sadly, that's what YouTube are promoting in their algorithm and things like that. And I noticed in this video that I'm going to be responding to that a lot of people have been saying the same thing, that the algorithms basically promoting this. I remember when I stumbled upon it, um, it had a 1,000 views, now it's got 10,000 views, and no doubt that it will probably be favored in the algorithm, because that's just the way YouTube has kind of gone these days. Now, whether that is based on what people like and all this kind of stuff, but it certainly amplifies a lot of the things that are not so great. So um, YouTube has kind of declined, in my opinion, massively over the last five years, at least. And kind of gone in more of a... I've never been on TikTok, but I'm in a more tiktok clicky, all this kind of direction. So it it has declined, and I'm not a big fan of that. So I don't really spend as much time on YouTube. I put up clips. Sometimes I put up most of a program or something like that. The entire programs are going to be here. You get a radio.com. And um, so I'm still going to be doing the program, I promise, if anybody's wondering, there's going to be a a study that I'm going to do called Knowing and Loving Jesus the Messiah. Um, I'm still going to do that, Lord willing, I I have notes and everything ready to go, Uh, it's just I'm going to do this program first and um, before, I've got a funny feeling that this video may spread more and more because people like that people like saying oh here here's the nutty christians and uh people are going away from that so that's going to be popular and it also includes lgbt things and trans things and other things so it takes all the intersectional woke boxes of how evil they see christianity and all this kind of thing so I thought it would be better to cover it now rather than leaving for a week or two uh by God's grace. So hopefully it'll be helpful to you. And um yeah, there will be a the entirety of this program won't be on YouTube. A section of this will be on YouTube. I'll see later whether I'll put up the entirety or not of the critique. And um again, if you have any questions relating to the programs Megiddo Radio, that's M-E-G-I-D-D-O radio at gmail.com and you can get to me there and I will do my best to respond to it and um, I'm gonna be, myself and my family are gonna be away f- for the weekend on on a break and um, whatever, there, so tomorrow's the next day is probably like the only day where I might get it done so it's probably unlikely that that study on Jesus will be on we get My best guess is it will be up midway through next week. Okay. So it's midway through next week is probably most likely um, when it will get done. I will try to get it done this week, though, having said all that. Okay. With all ado, let's uh let's play the clip and um respond to it again Th- this is all very sad. Uh, this is all um now he's it's a deconversion story, but as you'll see, this isn't really about somebody leaving Christianity. This is about somebody who is never born again in the first place coming away from what is not a historic church either. Um I was listening to it there a second ago, and we'll we'll look through this and um it seems like at least going I suppose you'd have to take everything he says with a pinch of salt because it's possible he would misrepresent the church that he's in, but it does seem to check out that if all what he's saying is true, they deny the Trinity, so this isn't a Christian church at all. Um, This is is one of those Pentecostal groups that would be modalist. Uh, But we'll get into this now and um, begin...
0: Let me paint you a picture. You walk through the church doors with anticipation. The greeters congratulate you, shaking your hand, saying, welcome back. You glimpse at your friends in the background, all sitting next to each other, as you rush over to claim your spot. The countdown on the screen begins, three, two, one, and the music starts. It's an uplifting song. You're excited. You're here.
1: Now, maybe he's not trying to go for this, but it's incredibly patronizing. He's like, let me paint you a picture. You know, they congratulate you. Congratulations. I don't really know what it means to be congratulated to come into church. But, like, people try to be friendly. I, I You know, um, no doubt m- much of the world thinks it's fake. Sometimes, with some religious people, it is fake. And it's not genuine. And that's actually something that backs up what the Bible says, not to go against that. But um, we are not there. We're there to worship God, not to think, hey, here's all these perfect people gathering together. It, it's not about that at all. I'm, you know, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. This is what the Bible tells us. Now, he's talking about a specific experience that is in one type of a-historical church. What I mean by a-historical is like it's not really following... This isn't like... This is a fairly new-ish phenomenon. What I mean by that is this atmospheric music which in many places, going by what he said, if everything he checks out is said is true and everything, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that all the that he's not misrepresenting in any way, shape, or form the church he was part of. But if it's what I think it is and where he's describing it, there's a lot of music in in churches that is used to manipulate people. Okay? Now, Historically, the church never used instruments. For once, the temple was destroyed. Within temple worship, there were instruments used in the Old Testament worship, but then the temple was destroyed, and the church, for hundreds of years, saw one theologian put it like this, that they saw the, the introduction of instruments into the church as Judaizing the church. So the church didn't really use instruments up until a couple of hundred years ago, really. Were there exceptions? Yeah, sure. But, you know, there were not all of those churches were terrible churches. But by and large, most of the church did not I'm talking about the the church believing the Bible not just what claims to be Christianity. So, instrument it's generally... For most of human history, church history, for a lot of it, it was the psalms sung a cappella. The 150 psalms found in the Psalter. So that's worship. Now, he's painting a picture of what he went through and all that kind of thing. But that's what the world wants to think, is Christianity. And they come out of it annoyed because they feel like they've been whipped up into a feeling rather than based on a reality of a truth learned. It, it's to an, to an extent, it's bypassing the brain and going straight to the emotions. Whereas biblical worship, it, it's not just about the intellect, no, but it involves the intellect. It is not a mindless thing. It is based upon the truth of who God is, that he is holy, holy, holy. And in knowing him and seeing who he is through as revealed in the word of God, we are in awe of him. So we come with a worshipful spirit because of who he is, not because of whipped up music or whatever else. Just a comment on these initial comments that he's making here.
0: God is here, and you're ready to worship. You raise your hand, you're praying, and then shortly after that, a slower song comes on. The previous one got you in the mood, but this one is different. You can feel different. You feel God's presence as you close your eyes and begin to pray. You start feeling remorseful or Guilty, you start to feel what you believe is God's presence. This was my life. Have
1: you ever listened to a song that has made you feel very emotional? And have you ever listened to a song, maybe you don't have a clue what the lyrics are about? Makes you think about something else. And this is the problem with a lot of this worship. It's not based upon the revealed will of God. And the revealed will of God is important, as Nadab and Abihu found out in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 to 3. As Cain and Abel discovered, um Abel's sacrifice was based upon what God did—the sacrifice of the animal—and then Cain's example was offering the fruit of the ground was his own offering, but it wasn't based upon what what was re- part of the revealed will of God. Nadab and Abihu were were killed for offering strange fire or something that was not commanded by God to God in worship. So we. That's Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 to 3, if you want to look that up. So we have to offer before God, not what we want to offer before God, but what, it, and this is again in worship, in, in the corporate worship of the church coming together as a body. We cannot offer what we would like to offer, or what we feel, what makes us feel good. Worship isn't, a, isn't about us. It's about God.
0: It's about meeting with the triune God. Every week for as long as I can remember. My family had big plans for me. My church loved me and I loved God. Too bad I'm a Godless heathen now. Hello guys and welcome to my YouTube channel. My name's is Ace Gordon and you're... No he didn't. He loved the God of his own imagination.
1: We're going to see throughout this video, he was never born again, he was never converted, he never turned from his sin. And the problem is, the, the danger for you, if you're listening to this, do you, know, do you know and love the God of the Bible, or the God of your own imagination? Do you want the God who does what you want him to do, or do you want the God as he actually is, as
0: revealed in the scriptures? Today we're going to be talking about my deconversion story. I hope this really shows you guys that people are also struggling with the things that you are and that it's okay to be going through these sort of things. In order to understand how I went from this to this, you first need to know what I believed and where I came from. Not really sure what the difference is. I'm
1: slightly longer here.
0: Yeah. See, I was what they called an apostolic Pentecostal. Try saying that 10 times fast. Apostolic Pentecostal. Apostolic Pentecostal. Apostolic Pentecostal. This is a branch of...
1: Now, from what I know about the apostolic movement, this seems to trace itself back to Edward Irving, the Irvingite movement in Scotland, if I'm not mistaken. It planted churches in different parts around the world. Um, Problematic, strange views. They were very much they were condemned by a lot of quarters especially orthodox christians at the time for their strange and extravagant views uh, along with other groups in, in in christian history zwicko prophets during the reformation were condemned uh, the montanists in the early church were condemned for their kind of bizarre views on the gifts of the holy spirit outside of the norm outside of what was what we deemed to be orthodox christianity okay and they also went into other extremes as well. And look, this movement seems to have other problems besides what I've just mentioned as well. So that unless it's the word apostle is throw, thrown around a lot, it's quite possible that this apostolic church, it calls itself that, perhaps does not have anything to do with Irvingite movement. That's possible. But just to give you a tiny bit of background, if it has anything to do with that.
0: Christianity that believes in one God. None of those Father, Son, Holy Spirit type of things. they all the same. Okay, let's go through this again. This is kind it's, it's sad to hear um,
1: that this is the belief of this group.
0: Okay, yeah. This is a branch of Christianity that believes in one God. None of those Father, Son, Holy Spirit type of things. They're all the same person. Okay? They also believe that the Bible. Okay, so. Basically, they're a group,
1: an apostate group, that doesn't believe in the one God. Now, Christians don't believe in three gods. They believe in one God, who is one in essence, and he's three in another way. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We may not be able to get our, wrap our minds around God and who God is. But it doesn't change the fact that God is one God. All If you don't believe that there's one God, you're a polytheist. You're just like the Mormons or something like that, okay? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. There is one God to worship. Anything else, to worship anything else is idolatry. There aren't many gods. There is one God. And that's very clear from the first commandment. And the second commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. But you have to say, well, is Jesus God? Well, before Abraham was, I am. That's what it said at the end of John chapter 8. Is it John chapter 8, verse 58, I think it is? Now, that's just one example among many. Also, you read the start of John 1. Other parts of the script, plenty of parts of the scripture. Jesus is God, true God, and true man. Is God the Father God? Well, yes, we would say that. And God the Holy Spirit. Now, just to think about the Trinity, right? God the Father, in in Mark chapter 1, verse 11, said this of his Son. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Is he talking about himself? Or is he talking about another person? Is Jesus, in, in John chapter 17, I, I, I say this is reverently, is reverently, is he praying to himself or is he praying to another, the Father, through the Spirit? When he says in John 14, I'll send, another, I'll send a comforter, is he just going to send himself again in another form or is he going to send actually another? So, who is God? Now, God the Father did not die on the cross. God the Son did die on the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross. The Holy Spirit didn't die on the cross. God the Father chose who would be the, uh, those who were his before the foundation of the world God the Son d- came, lived, died, and rose again from the dead. And the Spirit of God applied this in history. God the Father, God the the, the, the Triune God created. You see the word in, let there be light, and there was light in, in Genesis chapter 1. The, the The Spirit moved, hovered over the waters brooded over the waters in Genesis chapter 1 as well. So even in place like Genesis you can see the work of the triune God. Now they all create. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all create. Because they are one and they work together. But there are differences between these three persons. One God, three persons. One in essence. If you reject the triune God, if you reject this God, then your group is not Christian. And so, Bad Star from the beginning, he was in a group that wasn't even Christian. Apostate, basically, a group that was probably historically connected to some form of Christianity and departed from it, probably through due to somebody hearing some voices or whatever, and leading to some innovations, departing from what the scriptures have revealed about themselves. These three are one. Look at one part of the scriptures. Uh, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I'll read from verse 6 to verse 8. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And this is the Spirit who bears witness because... The Spirit is truth, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. But the Father, the Word, the Word is the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 1, verses 1-14. to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word was with God or toward God. And the Word was God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you deny the Trinity, it it, it undermines, it it makes nonsense of the entire scriptures. And you might say, I I can't get my head around how God is one in one way and three in another, in three persons. But our understanding and our ability to wrap our minds around things are not the standard. How much of the scriptures would we, well, I can't wrap my, my, my mind around God just speaking the world into existence. What if you said that. But the more we know about God and, and understand about him by faith. The more we're in awe of him and the more it makes us
0: worship and glorify him and love him. 100% the word of God and complete fact. Creationism, flood, water to wine, all of it. It happened. Don't question it. But my personal favorite is they believe in the Holy Ghost. So, okay, don't question it. Well, I don't know what what people were like in that
1: in those circles, but... You should ask questions if you're struggling with something. It's not a healthy environment if you're in a church and you can't ask questions. And you can't work through whatever difficulties or doubts or whatever you may have.
0: Which is also called speaking in tongues, which is also called the glossolalia, if you're one of those smart people. But it looks a little something like this. <laughs> They believe that God is Okay. Complete
1: gibberish nonsense. That's kinda of what it is. In the Bible, the gift of tongues is nothing to do with saying weird things and just, you know, you know the the images people usually get of this thing. The gift of tongues is really the gift of languages. And if you look at, for example, in Acts chapter two, there was Jews from all over, Parthians and Medes and Mesopotamia and Fangria, and they they all heard them speak in their own languages, in their own tongues. The word tongue could also be seen as a language. You know, you got the the term mother tongue. My mother tongue is English. So we still use the word tongue that way. And by the way, the early Pentecostal from the, what, early, what, 1901, and a few of them when they sent out missionaries, they believe the same thing as well, but they realize, oh wow, well, by the way, <laughs> we can't we can't supernaturally speak these languages like they could, like the apostles could. So we're gonna have to change what we believe and things like that to make it fit. Um as you do. The early church, those who were given the gift of tongues, it was in order that they may prophesy and prophesies in terms of worshipping God, setting forth God's truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about this. But it it wasn't just a means to an end, tongues for the sake of tongues like it is today, or gibberish for the sake of gibberish. There was a reason for it, and it was to set forth God's truth in the language of the person listening. Now, if nobody understands it, how can they benefit from it? Actually, Paul writes a question to that effect in First Corinthians chapter 14. So there's no edifying, building up effect of this. And everything, then in the church, it should be done for edifying. Not for self-gratification, not so you can just look inwardly and all that kind of thing. It's to build up the body by meeting, by being in fellowship with the triune God. And you go through the church, most mainstream, historic churches rejected this. You may be listening to this and think, well, that's what I think of as Christianity, that's all I've seen. A lot of the churches around the place that people are so speaking so positively about give, give Christianity such a bad name. We may we may come across oh they're so passionate about prayer and all that. A lot of them are passionate about the feelings they get from it. A lot of them are, are are exchanging some maybe some drug past that they had and, and getting some spiritual high off of whatever they're whatever they're going through. Now whether it's psychological, demonic, or whatever, I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, that what, what woke me up to this years ago. I remember there was a testimony by Brian Head Welch, the guy who, well, he left Corn at one point and went back. He kind of got into very, very weird, charismatic circles. John was a John Crowder, and other things like that. Very, very blasphemous stuff he got involved in, and that kind of woke me up to that thing that he was replacing his drug pass and then getting that high out of it now is there a joy is there a peace that passes all understanding excuse me by being in the presence of the lord are there wonderful times of fellowship with god there are and i don't want to make it into this cold intellectual damp unfeeling reaction and fear against that we don't want that either and there are some Pentecostals and charismatics at times in those circles, and I'm talking about a minority now, who are wonderful zeal. They, they, they witness the, of Christ and all that kind of stuff. But to those people, I would say they need to get out of those churches. There are some wonderful people, and I've met people, they're great. They're great. And they struggle with a lot of their practices in the charismatic movement, but they need to get out of those churches. Like a lot of people are in, there's some great people in somewhat liberal churches and they need to get out of those churches as well. They're not, they're not good for their spiritual um, growth and everything else like that. And some some churches degenerate so much they become synagogues of Satan. Uh, was it chapter 25 of the Westminster Confession of Faith talks about that. Let's continue.
0: ...through you and that he's changing a language to a, some different language that you don't already know. So, for instance, people would tell me I sounded Dutch? I don't even know what Dutch people sound like. Like an apple near. But apparently, that's what I sounded like. Along with this comes a lot of really strict rules such as women not being able to cut their hair or only being able to wear skirts or dresses not to mention they are very sorry
1: i admit my mic on mute there this is not common in a lot of churches at least the churches i've ever come across in whatever sense um even churches that are very you know they might you know, they might be very pro-skirt, whatever, like that. No one is going to say, well, you need to... woman wears pants pants, not can't come in or any of that kind of silliness. No, that's not... I've never seen that. It's possible that the church... It's not a church. I hate even using the word church with it because they denied the Trinity. I can't classify it as a Christian church. But it sounds like this group... Not only rejected Orthodox Christianity, but were highly legalistic, and that that usually goes hand in hand. There are things that we will teach from the pulpit that are true and good, but you can't micromanage. The eldership in the church cannot and should not become diatrophies, you know, in the third John kind of sense, and micromanage and control the lives of people. Shepherding is, I describe shepherding as just lead people towards good food, teach it to them. They, they taste and see that the Lord is good. They are like the sheep that lie down in green pastures. They're well fed. They're, they, they have more confidence in the Lord and they grow. And it's not through bullying or manipulation, and other things like that, and and having a... a okay, you teach on the pulpit the, and the ethical implications and the things that people must do because of what Christ has done and, and the character of God and things like that. Yes, that comes across. But I'm talking about even if you could prove a number of things, we've got to be careful that we're not micromanaging. Now, there's areas where there's flagrant sin... You know, if two people are living together outside of wedlock, that would be a case of bring it church discipline or something like that. But if we're talking about a young believer, and they come, say like, just say somebody comes from non-church background, and... Just say, um, it's a woman, she's, con- she's coming in, she's coming to church, and just say she has a few eccentric styles, whatever, pink hair or whatever. Would you try to micromanage them, and try to clean them up to look like everybody else, or would you just leave them be, which is what I would say. You leave. Like, they're, they're welcome to come, they're welcome to come to the fellowships, the Bible studies, and, and to learn of God. And then, as that person, just say they, praise the Lord, become born again, and they start to change, you're going to start noticing they, themselves, will want to change in such a way that it's, you know, like, the, the outward appearance is not, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it needs to be that way. Through the teaching, through the work of the Spirit of God, that people are changed from the inside out, and it's not like it kind of like, mm, you must wear this, you must do this, or you're not let in. If you do it the other way, it's legalism. And that's tempting. I know that it helps, it, it, no, it, helps. <laughs> it happens in, in, in churches. But that's not shepherding. What is the picture of shepherding? Think of a shepherd. Have you ever seen sheep at a shepherd? The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. And the great shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ. And they hear his voice and they run to him. You know why they run to him? Because there's good food. And they're excited and they come to him. And he gives them good food. And the good food is himself. The good food is him. And they delight in it. And they delight in him. And they want more. And they say, oh, this is good food. And this makes them come back for more and more. Or the other, Im- or the other image of shepherds. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yes, there are things that the Bible tells us and commands us to do, and not dismissing that at all. But there's a danger of having like it be good. To, like, for example, modesty. Right. For example, you know, some people come out from a non-Christian background to into a Christian church, and they might not dress well at the beginning and things like that, but, you know, maybe through application and the preaching, they hear about modesty and about covering up and things like that, and they go, oh, and they think about that, and you give them that space, don't you? you? You don't expect, like, somebody saved a week, and another person saved five years. You don't expect the same thing from both of them. When you try to you know, if you're talking to a five-year-old child and if you're talking to a 25-year-old man, what you expect from them are completely different. And what we need to do is two things. Encourage them. They'll be, If they're born again, they're going to be doing some things that are right. Encourage them in those things that so they keep going in those things. And then maybe gently lead them away from things that are not going to do them any good. I'm going to do them harm. It, I'm saying all this because it's so easy to go in one direction or the other. Legalism. Where if, if there's something that externally that that person is doing, that the rest of the church does, then they don't, therefore they don't love God or something like that. Or kind of a, a, a liberalism, a lawlessness. It doesn't matter. There's no standards at all. I and mean, that's not good either. And it is walking on an edge of a razor. But the role of a shepherd is the role of a shepherd. It's through feeding. It's through tending. And I would say to people, if they struggle, think of how gentle and meek a shepherd has to be with sheep. And how dependent the sheep are on that shepherd. Now it shouldn't be dependent on mere men. But you know this kind of. On the great shepherd of our soul. The Lord Jesus Christ. That we feed them with the truth. That the spirit of God brings the conviction. And that they are brought, all of us are brought through the teaching of the Word of God through greater unity. I'll get things wrong. You'll get things wrong. Other people get things wrong. But through the teaching of the Word it brings us together. And we'll have different areas where we all need to work on immediately at this point. I hope that makes sense for people listening. And hopefully that's somewhat... Because it is... We need to be gracious with people. We need to be patient with people. And we need not to have a church... That, has, that micromanages to death doesn't do anybody any good.
0: Against the LGBTQ, which is a big part of this story. So where did it all start? Growing up, I was always made fun of and called gay. I denied this for a very long time because I was afraid that I would go to hell because I was told it was a sin. Now, regardless of... okay.
1: These types of desires, these unnatural desires as described in Romans chapter 1, they're sinful. The desires are sinful. They are unnatural. They are different to a man desiring a woman. Now, that can be become sinful, but there's a natural urge. There's a natural urge for, for, for food and other things, but there's unnatural desires. There's unnatural desires that include animals and other things like that. That's talked about in Leviticus chapter 18 or chapter 22. Um, but... But regardless of all that, it's wrong. I believe it's wrong for people to be mocking people and bullying people for whatever reason. And if you do come across someone who even is claims to be homosexual or whatever else like that, you still show them respect. You love your neighbor. You love your enemy. You love the person who hates the gospel, but... Now, there may be limits to that, and they may be doing something blasphemous and trampling the word of God underfoot, and it's probably before swine at that point. But if if they can be amicable, it can be a good conversation that takes place, and you can lead them gently towards the gospel, praise God and go for it, and love them that way, or in other ways. Ultimately, they need to be saved, of course. But it's not good. We should not think that. Oh well, you know, uh, all of sin that falls short of the glory of God. This may be a particularly heinous sin, but at the same time,
0: none of us, none of us, can boast of our own deeds and our works. We've all broken God's law. This didn't stop me from becoming friends with other gay people because I saw it as a way to be a good witness to them and potentially bring them to church. Then I met this guy named Jinx. He was a transgender male who, despite our differences, we actually got along very well. Now, throughout this
1: video, I have a clue what he means by this transgender male. It it sounds like because of the relationship and all this kind of stuff that he had with this person, that this person was a biological male who was a man. Sounds like that. I might be wrong on this because he says transgender man. Um, you know it, it, maybe there were one of these people who is saying non-binary or some nonsense like that or one of the other crazy made up gender studies made up genders that are out there um, what happens with the trans The so-called trans person or whatever else. They're denying the created order. As revealed all around them. That there's male and female. It's not some shock that this movement. Which really doesn't have much to do with each other. What really... You know, if you think about, you know, the LGBT, the the L part, lesbians, what does that have to do with transgender? You know, the L part, they're claiming to be, you know, women, to women and all this kind of stuff. Well, if you don't believe in biological sex and it's just changeable, well, the L becomes completely nonsense. You know, whatever. It's like, do these terms even mean anything anymore? You know, it really falls apart really, really quickly. But it's all about where do they have a commonality? Where do they have a, a meeting place, you could say? The hatred of God and the hatred of his created order and the rejection of natural law, the rejection of God's law, which is natural law laws revealed in nature, all around them, and they reject that. And to suppress the truth and righteousness to such a degree that they're given over to these lusts. It is a fruit. It is a fruit of a deep-seated hatred of God and you must deal with it as such we can't just go down the route of yeah. there's psychological problems as well there's that too And they're people who struggle and we, we, have, we have sympathy for them, but they are a tiny, tiny minority. And a lot of the people who are doing it at the moment is really attention-seeking, looking for attention, and just really hating. It's an outward manifestation of the hatred of God. It's not much different to what I did. And I'm not saying I'm any better than anybody else. It's not much different to what I did. When I left, when I, I was a Roman Catholic up until the age of, Eighteen, Stopped going then. And then I was a professing Satanist for a couple of years. Wore an upset on cross around my my neck. Uh, More philosophically than anything, didn't get involved in a lot of black magic or any kind of stuff like that. Philosophically liked the idea of Lucifer and all this kind of stuff. That was the way I was. And that was my outward manifestation, shocking way of, you know, Prometheus taking fire from the gods, all that kind of thing. Rebellion. And siding with the devil. Seriously. And this was a manifestation of my hatred towards God. And there's not too much... It's just the flavor of it is a bit different. Just as dark and just as satanic and just as bad. So if you're listening to this, I'm not any better. I deserve hell and wrath from God. But I've been forgiven. Through Jesus Christ. You may have gone to a dodgy church. Came out of it and don't want to go back. And all this kind of stuff. But it's faith in Jesus Christ. The the Jesus of the Bible. That saves. It is repenting of your sins and trusting in Jesus Christ. If you've been born again of the Spirit of God. You're not going to leave the church. The true church. But. Um, this person, Ace, thinks this YouTube channel was never part of the Bride of Christ. Was never part of the visible church because if you reject the triune God, you really reject the
0: gospel message itself. Um, The only problem was he was transgender and not religious. This started a few disagreements between us two, usually starting with me saying something homophobic and not knowing it was super homophobic or not caring at the time. But despite this, Jinx respected my beliefs and would even remind me to pray or set my alarm for church whenever I forgot. But, like most things, it didn't stop there. After about two years of us being friends, we started to develop feelings for each other. Oh my god! You didn't know this was a love story, did you? And this is where I would... Well, this is where, um, what is love?
1: Well, love is summarized in the Ten Commandments. Um, And another way of summarizing the Ten Commandments is shown in the New Testament, Matthew 22. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Verses 37 to uh, to 39 or 40. And to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the first table of the law summarized. And the second table of the law summarized, to love toward God and love toward neighbor. Commandments one to four, and then commandments six through to ten. And how, can we even summarize it even smaller again? Yes, we can. The, The entire commandments is love. And it's not just love, you can just insert whatever you like into it and redefine it however you like. God is love. He is the very definition of what it means to be love, And if you love the one who is loved, that is Jesus Christ, you'll keep his commandments, John 14, 15. So what does love look like? It looks like God, the, the moral character of God. And what does it look like in a person? It is somebody following Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ kept the law perfectly throughout his life. He is the perfect, most wonderful example of love. OK, this violates the law of God, the natural law revealed in nature and et cetera and so on. So it cannot be loving. No matter what your feelings may say, your, your feelings do, do not get to define what love is, because how, where's the limits then of love? What, what about those people who are attracted to children? And they'll call that love in a, in a very sick way. Where's the line?
0: The most amazing mistake of my entire life. And I know that this is horrible, but the way Jinx supported me in my religion led me to believe that maybe he would come to church. How dare you? And, like, oh no, stop being gay. Unbelievable! Don't even look. Don't even look. I know. I know.
1: Um, for me, I don't mind these clips. You know, people stick p- things in the middle of things, and it's, you know, sometimes humorous, and sometimes it's like, uh okay. So apologies if you're hearing weird voices in between his um, quote-unquote deconversion story.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I digress. Don't even look. I know, I know, okay, I know. But now you see my dilemma. I was dating a man I loved, but going to church, learning how to hate him. You can imagine this caused a lot of distress. Learning how to hate him. What if
1: somebody was a drunk? That's a sin. And you bring him to church, and they repent of that. Does that mean you hate that person, helping them come out of that sin? So this person involved in a perverse lifestyle you love them enough to bring them to church here's the truth and because I love you here's the way out of it through Jesus Christ that's love
0: we may call it hatred because we don't understand it but it's love in my mind and in our relationship. God doesn't want me dating him, but how can I break up with a person that I've been with for a year now? I really love this man. Oh, is he a gay?
1: Yes, he is a gay.
0: I remember one night in particular. We had just had a service on laying down unholy things for God, which wasn't uncommon for our church. We had it quite often, but this one hit a little close to home. I started thinking about my relationship and how God must have been so disappointed. Now, I feel for a lot of these people in these kind of groups because the problem is
1: the gospel presentation in a lot of these places is not a gospel presentation. It's more of a legalistic. Do better. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, which is tormenting because none of us can keep the law of God. And what we need to do is repent, fleeing from sin, yes, but trusting in the one who's kept the law perfectly, who can wash us clean from our sins and clothe us in his own perfect righteousness. Dick, I'm very disappointed.
0: How I've been putting me and Jinx's relationship first above my spiritual relationship with God. I started to cry, and I probably cried for hours, praying, asking God, what should I do? After a while... Look, what needs... What he needs is a new birth.
1: What he needed back then was a new birth. Um, it's Paul made it very, very clear in First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, and you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of you. You were those things, but you've been washed. I used to be a drunkard. I was that. I don't like this whole idea of, oh, you're always whatever. No, I was that. I've now been washed from those sins, and I've been clothed in Christ's righteousness. I've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. But it says there at the end of verse 9, adulterers, somebody's in an adulterous relationship, do not be deceived, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a lifestyle saying outwardly, "You don't believe the gospel." Fornicators. And then it says the last two terms: uh, homosexuals. there's two terms here. Um, one's like a catamite. There's no direct equ- exact equivalent to today, whatever, but uh, the first one's kind of a catamite, which is um, not a term for homosexual type of homosexual. Um, or a person involved in that kind of lifestyle, nor, is, it translates to here in the NKJV, sodomite. Um, again, another form of abuse themselves of mankind, as the King James trans- translated back in 1611. The, they're both terms for the same thing. That's why actually the ESV kind of smudges them together and just says, those who practice Think as a homosexuality, homosexuality or whatever. Um, so the Bible is very, very clear. And by the way, it wasn't anything new back then. It is something that has always been condemned. It was never even something that was prom- promoted in public, even. But it did take place. It did take place back in back in those days.
0: I came to the conclusion that I should break up a jinx. But before I broke up with him and hurt him and me, I thought I'd read the Bible first. That's the least I could do. At this point, I had heard about how it's immoral to be... Okay, I'm amazed that...
1: I don't know why I'm amazed, but just... Okay, is it now? Only now you're reading the Bible. Never... Okay, if you are claiming to be a Christian and you don't believe and you don't read the Bible, I mean at all. I don't mean that you struggle. I don't mean that you have the odd off there when you don't. You should read the Bible every day, by the way. I mean, you don't read the Bible at all. Then you, you don't believe it. You're not a Christian. Now, you might say, well, I struggle with reading it. Well, get an audio Bible. There's no good reason to believe you're a Christian if the only time you're hearing Christian doctrine is on a Sunday morning. You've no good reason to believe it. Actually, you should be incredibly worried. But you are not... It's like if you skip breakfast for six days, would you not be starving? And you don't eat at all. Well, you haven't been eating as a professing Christian. You're walking around, and if you're, you're... you have taken in no food. You haven't spent time with God. And if you are a true believer, you're going to feel rubbish, convicted. Again, it's not to say that it won't happen. By the way, you, won't have any, you should not have any assurance of salvation if you're not daily in the word of God.
0: is freezing on me a homosexual and how the bible is against it but i had never truly read the bible at least these specific parts of the bible and i never truly studied them beyond what my pastor has already told me but i decided to go and do my okay
1: romans chapter one first corinthians chapter six are two places that talk about
0: it, and it's pretty amazing that so many wouldn't have read that by now. ...because I thought maybe Jinx would understand if I showed him the actual, like, verses in the Bible. I decided to read First Corinthians 6, 9. This is widely known as one of the biggest verses against homosexuality in the Bible. I read the King James Bible because I was told that it was the only true version of the Bible and it was the oldest and closest to the originals. But what I found shocked me. I didn't even see the word. It wasn't even in there. I looked it up and it turns out the word homosexuality didn't even show up in the Bible until 1946. Yeah, because the
1: the word itself was penned, I think it was the word homosexual didn't even exist up until I think it's the late 19th century, and don't quote me on that. But words, words can be invented in the English language as well. Uh, let's look at the Greek text if you want to kind of go down that route of oh well, I don't know what exactly what you you hope to prove by that. Um, so the word here translated. Abuse themselves of mankind, which is in the King James at the very end of First C- Force First. Um, I'm gonna do? I'm gonna bring it up on the screen here. All right, see that there. My Bible works no longer. W- does that actually work anymore? No, it's it's gone. Doesn't work in here. Anyway, unfortunately, um, my Bible works does not work in Mac anymore. Don't have to make it work. Um, Arson the Okay? That word there highlighted. That word means uh, kind of literally men betters. Literally, kind of men betters. That's kind of literally the word. Arson kind of comes from the word. Um, uh, men. And you can work out the rest yourself. Um, Malakoi is the other one, which actually also refers to homosexuality as well. Both terms Malakoi and arson- koitai. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to labor too much on this point because it's not like it's like wow, it's it's not talking about this. It it clearly is. It clearly is talking about the act of the practice and what the Bible's saying. Really, it's those who engage in this practice, this immoral, this unnatural practice, which is contrary to nature itself. It's not an identity. In, in the sense that you're born with black skin or, or, you know, missing a leg or something like that. It, it, it's, it's, it's not like that. This is a moral and ethical direction and rebellion against God.
0: I also started looking for science behind homosexuality, finding out is it truly a choice or are you born with it? I found out. That okay, let's let's look at science. Let's
1: look at the created order. Let's look at all the species across the world and all this kind of stuff. You may find anomalies here and there because we live in a fallen world. There's going to be some weird stuff here, here and there, and there's going to be. But what do you generally see? Male and female, male and female, and children. That's what creator order tells us. Let's see if we can find some weird study that says that something exists somewhere. What? does creation and nature itself shows us men and women anything else is unnatural and they produce according to their kind you don't need to have a bachelor's of science to get that you may need a bachelor's of science to reject that and try to come up with something that sounds very very clever but we can all see all around us male and female, and these are compatible one with another, and that is the way it has been since um, Eve was taken, uh,
0: the rib was taken from Adam,
1: and Eve was made from it.
0: There was a huge genetic component to being gay. Now, let me be clear, I still 100% believed in the Bible. A
1: genetic component. Um, Well... I'm sure people have found quote unquote genetic components to wife beating, drunkenness. I've heard that. By the way, I've not wasted my time to look it up. in, In you can prove anything from, and by the way, it's not even proof. It's one scientific study that may or may not be corroborated by another. Science is not just, a, hey, somebody comes up with a claim and then another person comes along and kind of goes, wait, wait a minute, I can't replicate your study. And that happens so often. And you know what happens? Rather than waiting for the, the couple of years it takes to replicate the study, newspapers are like, scientists now say that carrots are killing you. You know, the stories and, the, the, you know, the, and then somebody will come along and look at the this, this study and go, wait a minute, their methodology is all wrong. But that's not, that's not exciting enough for the clickbait on the internet. And, um, and that's why you get, you know, one minute coffee is good for you, one minute coffee is bad for you. So just be, don't believe everything
0: you read on the internet. You know, that's Mark Twain once told us. I prayed every day. I still thought God was real and everything in the Bible was real. I just thought maybe we got this one verse wrong. Now, I know a lot of you guys got the one verse wrong.
1: Uh, how? Where's the alternative to the Khoitai and uh, Malachi? Not to mention, the Bible from beginning to end is all male and female relationships. That's what marriage is. And anything outside of that is sinful and wrong. Romans chapter 1, etc. Oh, maybe we got that one wrong. What's the alternative rendering? So every time we have any positive references is to what marriage actually is between one man and one woman for life. And any time there's any mention of people involved in these unnatural desires and activities and stuff like that, it's not just negative, it's unbelievably negative. And so, well, maybe we got it wrong. If you can't be confident about this, you can't be confident about anything from the scriptures. And this is really just, well, if you torture the data, it'll confess to anything. And I have this lust and desire that I can't let go of, and I don't want to let go of, so I want to go to the scriptures and find a way that it will agree with me. This is where apostasy begins. We need to submit to the scriptures, not for the scriptures to submit to our
0: twisting of them. I think that this just happened overnight. But actually, I studied this for a while, a few months even, just specifically learning about homosexuality and how that relates to the Bible. I had come to the conclusion that there was nothing wrong with being gay and that I could be in my relationship. How? She spent months
1: reading what? Did you read Romans chapter 1? talks about the rejection of the creation order. Anyway, like he, he eventually, he completely stopped professing to believe later on. For the wrath of God, verse 18 of Romans chapter 1, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and righteousness, because that, what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So, but the things are made. We see him all around us. We understand his invisible attributes, his power, his wisdom, all things like that. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they were without excuse. Everyone's without excuse. So, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. And verse twenty-four. Skipping on there a little bit. Therefore God also gave them up to clean us the lust of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchange the truth of God for the lie, worshipped and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forevermore. Amen. So they were given over to vile affections, even the women. Likewise the men, verse twenty-seven, leaving the natural use of the woman, the natural use of the woman. Natural use of the woman for the unnatural use of men. That's really the idea here. Burned in their lust one toward another, which is kind of what's going, to going on here with men committing what is shameful and, and, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was
0: due. And still be a good Christian. I just thought that maybe there was a misunderstanding. I mean, the Bible's up for interpretation isn't it? But now something kept bothering me. I was always told that the Bible was 100% perfect, and we didn't get it wrong, and there was no way that it could mean anything else. Now
1: let's separate two things. Uh, People, and we can get interpretations wrong of the Bible, but the Bible is not dependent, the infallibility of or the lack of infallibility of our interpretations of the Bible does not impact the Bible itself. However, um, this is not exactly something that's in any doubt. By the way, even even apart from the Bible, creation is very, very clear. The book of nature is very, very clear on that it is contrary to nature.
0: So, if they're wrong about this, or at least if I believe they're wrong about this, then what else are they wrong about? I remember one day... Okay, yeah, I haven't demonstrated
1: that there was any error here yet, but let's continue. I was at work. I was on
0: break, scrolling through YouTube, trying to find a song to listen to, and I came across an atheist video. I'm not sure who it was, so don't ask, but... I remember thinking to myself, I want to learn more. More, more. So I prayed, God, if you're out there and you're truly and undeniably true, then it won't matter how many questions I ask. They will always lead me back to you. Please don't be upset for me asking questions. And then I clicked on the video. I'm not exactly sure what it was about All I know is it left me with more questions to ask. And so I went into this rabbit hole of asking questions about religion and trying to find answers.
1: Which is not incredibly shocking considering the flimsy foundation of his faith in the beginning. He had a very outward... not Not a faith that was based on convictions. And he was not born again at any stage. If he'd continued in that church without repenting and trusting in Jesus Christ, Jesus would have said to him on the final day, Depart from me, I never knew you. You can go to church your whole life, but if you have never repented and been born again and there's the evident fruit in your life, Jesus will say to you on that day, Depart from me, I never knew you.
0: Went down a rabbit hole. I've read books like *The God Illusion* and listened to podcasts like *The Atheist's Experience* and watched. You- wow, he's done so much research. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, okay. Maybe I should do some. The atheist really, the best response really, the Bible is John fourteen one. Or not John 14. Psalm 14. One. The fool has said in his heart. There is no God. Only a fool. Will come to something. Say take a book. You know that there's a writer. And by studying the book. You know more about the writer. And things like that. If you find an amazing painting. You don't say the painting made itself. No you say that he has a. Somebody created the painting when we look at ourselves and the creation around us, we know there's a creator who not just made us, but also sustains us, this wonderful balance that there is in this universe. Intellectually, it's not a hard thing to grasp. It's just men suppress the truth and unrighteousness, and then you need convoluted arguments in order to deny what is right in front of us. And to deny the true God of the Bible, the God that people hate, and to, then they want to pretend that
0: he doesn't exist. It was like cosmic skeptic or atheist. See what I did there? I listened to countless debates on religion, trying to be as unbiased as possible. Eventually, I had had enough. I knew what I believed and it was... T- well, everybody's got a bias. Everybody's got a bias. And your bias
1: will always be towards unbelief, because unless until, it's hard to know if, if this person ace think and if you're listening to this, I you know, feel free to reach out and me get a radio uh, at gmail.com, but if if you've even heard the gospel in all of this, that there is hope in Jesus Christ. By trusting in him. Not by cleaning yourself up and repenting first and then believing or something like that. By turning to Jesus, you are turning from sin. And he promises, through faith in him, to wash you. To make you clean. And to make you a new creature in him. And you will be accepted before the Father because of what he has done. How he lived, died, he suffered for you. For for sinners like you and I, and how he rose again from the dead, showing that he was not a sinner, showing that he was the Messiah that was awaited, showing he was the Messiah who was prophesied for hundreds of years prior to his coming. The Bible is swimming in evidence and proof that this is the true Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Lamb that was slain, the lamb that taketh away the sin of the world.
0: ...to tell my friends and family. I wish I could tell you that they said, oh, it's okay, and we love you still, but that's not what happened. I first told my parents that I was an atheist. I thought that maybe if I told them I was an atheist, and they knew that I didn't believe in God, then they would understand why I didn't think being gay was a sin. I didn't really want to get into the conversation of, you're wrong about your own Bible. I felt like that wouldn't go across too well. You think? They blew up. They told me that I was lying and that I'm not really an atheist. More lies. Look, I... They blamed Jinx for...
1: Now, I don't know what conversation went down. Sometimes it's like, well... You're suppressing the truth and the righteousness. You're not really an atheist. As in, like, there are no real atheists. Even when I was a professing atheist, I was, at the back of my mind, and knew well that God existed. I think that's probably what they meant, really. um, Okay, people think, oh, well, that's okay. Just I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. It's not a problem. Yeah, whatever is great. Well, what if you went... If you had a child that denied your existence. Not a big deal. And that child comes along and you've given them food, you've sheltered them, you've raised them, you've given them everything that they needed. And they they turn around and kind of go, well, I don't really see any evidence of you in my life, so I, I don't really need you. Not really a big deal? Or would you say that's incredibly ungrateful of the child? Sounds incredibly ungrateful of the child. We've done far worse than that, as sinners. We have been given everything good by God, and we pretend he doesn't exist. And we are incredibly ungrateful for every good gift he has given us. He sustains our life. And we continue in rebellion against him. And he's gracious and merciful and long-suffering enough to allow us to continue on this earth.
0: For distorting my mind and leading me down the wrong path, even though I had told them that it was a decision completely on my own and that Jinx had been as supportive of my religion as he possibly could have been. And of course, I got the classic... You're going to go to hell. <laughs> and that was before I told him I was gay.
1: And Now, here's the thing, right? You can be... Look, you can be going to church. You can believe that God exists. You can believe all this kind of stuff. But unless you've repented and believed in Jesus, you're going to hell. Every single person who's part of the seed of the serpent, from Genesis 3.15, is under the wrath of God. And the only people who are not under, there's, for which there's no condemnation, that is those in Jesus Christ. Romans 8 1 says this There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. No condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. But the thing is, anybody who's not in Christ Jesus. Regardless of whether whatever the other categories people may fall into, there's two groups. There's condemned and not condemned. Condemned, those who are not in Christ Jesus. Those who are not condemned, those who are in Christ Jesus because they've been justified by faith alone. Declared righteous. So it's not just homosexuals are in danger of hell. It's anyone who is not described here. It gives a description of those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And that's Spirit, big S, the Holy Spirit. Those who follow the Spirit of God. Those born-again, those regenerated by the Spirit of God.
0: Because the atheist conversation went so well, I decided to wait a little bit before I would drop the gay bomb on them. But that didn't go any better. They criticized me and Jinx, dead gender Jinx, and called us gross and a freak. Yes, it hurt. And again, I'm not sure what the dead gender is, whether
1: is it a girl who thinks this person's a boy or what? I'm not sure. Dead gender. What? You can't put to death your
0: gender. But. Yeah. Our relationship has not been the same ever since, but... I don't regret my decision. I think there came a time where I didn't wanna hide what I knew was true. I had been such a big member of the church for so long, bringing so many people to church, and all I could think of is that- they're in it because of me. I knew that if my church friends knew that, hey, Ace, he's a atheist now, and we love him, we grew up with him, Atheists must not be those horrible god Okay, if they believe the Bible at all,
1: then they're going to be incredibly sad that you were once a professing believer and now you've turned your back on that and then you've rejected the 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 giver of life and all that. Again, this group does not even sound like it's Christian because it rejects the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons in one God. The, and these three are one. These three are one Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It is
0: one God, but three persons. List heathens that we all thought they were. And maybe I should start asking questions. Heathen just means unbeliever. It's just an old
1: word for unbeliever. So I remember there was, was a guy I knew for years, and he came to me and said, like, I bet you think I'm one of those heathen. And I was like, yeah, heathen means unbeliever. You don't believe, do you? And he was like, no. That's what heathen means. Be- you know, that was the way Goyim or the nations was translated in the Old Testament and King James and stuff like that. But it just means unbeliever. Um, We're not those heathen. Well, if you're unbeliever, that's what the word means. Okay.
0: I mean, if Ace did it, then maybe I can too. Now, I'm not saying that you guys should post on Facebook right now. I'm an atheist and get criticized, because I still get criticized to this day about it. You may not be prepared for that, or even wanting to go down that road. But don't be afraid to ask questions. Just because everyone around you believes a certain thing doesn't... Yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions, but don't be... But...
1: (laughs) What does one have to do? with the light of nature all around and to come to the conclusion that there is no creator it just created itself or whatever other explanation you want to give has have you looked if somebody's listening to this and they're professing atheist or whatever have you looked at the prophecies Fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Hundreds of them in the Old Testament. Have you read Isaiah 53? When is Isaiah written? About 700 years before Christ was on the earth. Read Isaiah 53. Read it slowly. Look at the prophecies of the book of Daniel. He has declared the end from the beginning. And he is completely different and unlike any of the idols for which atheists will trust in. And they trust in their own
0: idols. mean You have to too. Just because a lot of people believe something doesn't make it true. That rhymed. I hope you guys found this video helpful. I hope you guys understand that I don't regret my decision. I am a happier person because of decisions i've made and now i'm here to teach you guys and help you guys along your journey dan barker once said that i'm proud to be an atheist it helps me stand for so much and fall for so much less what do you stand for what exactly
1: do you stand for uh human autonomy man is his own creative desk that's true and you know like man is the measure of all things that, that, that is depressing what, what do you stand for? Um, chaos and confusion I fall for so much less well you, you think that there's no creator of this world y- you know if somebody again showed you a painting and he said no no nobody created that there's no evidence that anybody created this painting well, you would say it was ridiculous. You'd laugh at it. What has what, what the atheist fallen for? And it's really an intellectual pride where he thinks he's
0: better than God. If you guys found this video helpful, then please let me know. So look, if
1: in the off chance that this person is going to watch this video, it'd be great, but it just... Have you? What what scares me is you have gone into this. Let's see if I can make my screen bigger. You've gone into this. Yeah, make myself bigger there. You've gone into this twisting the scriptures. Probably reading Matthew Vines. Or something like that. You need to be born again. You never were. You were part of a group. According to your own. Testimony. Does not believe the bible and i pray if anybody matches the description or anything else like that would trust in jesus to read the bible for yourself read whole letters in the you know read romans read first corinthians second corinthians together asking the lord for help let the lord bring you out of the darkness that many people find themselves in today Okay, so that's the end of the YouTube section. That's actually a lot longer than I wanted it to be. Uh, it's going to be an hour and 20 minutes, unfortunately. So if you've got any questions, a radio at gmail.com That's maguittaradio at gmail.com And uh, I don't think Actually, look, the next program will be next week. That study I promised on knowing and loving Jesus the Messiah, hopefully about probably like Wednesday next week by, by God's grace if possible please keep us in your prayers thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for your support talk to you again soon